The Why Was Squacky podcast is sponsored in part by Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver and Antland Productions. Welcome to Live with Squacky, a unique and lively interview-style podcast that dives into the worlds of voice acting and entertainment. I'm your host, Val Kelly, otherwise known as Squacky Voice, and my guest today is LA-based voice actor and all-around funny guy, Eric Aragoni. Eric has worked, or rather, slaved away, in the Hollywood movie studio system for over 10 years. After much encouragement over those years, Eric decided to explore and finally pursue his natural voice acting talent. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, Eric. Of course. I'm happy to be here. So let's dive right in. We're living in a crazy time period right now, what with a pandemic and all. So let's start out with some lighter questions. Given the choice, do you prefer coffee or tea? Well, of course, you got to go with my personal favorite, Italian coffee. Yes. I actually went to Italy for the first time last year with my now newlywed wife, and I just can't get enough of Italian coffee. It's definitely the best. I took a trip to Italy a few years ago, and I felt the same way after, except when I got back, I was completely hooked on espresso. Like, I couldn't yep. drink any Every other day. type of coffee, so yep. now yep. I'm just a coffee same snob. <laughs> I'm like, what That's is not that? A bad thing. Drip coffee? Ew, why are you drinking that? That's not real coffee. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you just say Folgers? What's wrong with you? So to follow up on that, if you could go for coffee with a celebrity, who would it be and why? It would be uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. The reason why is because I was fortunate enough to have met and talked with him very, very briefly a while back when he worked on the movie Red Dragon. Just that little chat with him was just a breath of fresh air. And with all the different projects and all the things that have happened in his life, including being an artist now and all the other things, he just has a very interesting take on life. So I would totally sit and just absorb everything that would come out of his mouth. Oh, wow. That's so exciting that you've had the chance Mm -hmm. to meet and talk with him. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. If you could have a superpower, what would that be? That would be to fly. That way I could fly around the world and not have to get on a plane and just do my thing wherever and wherever I want to go. And not get stuck in traffic? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And not Um, be stuck in coach. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unless you love L.A. traffic, in which case then, you know, might just stick to your car, but probably not. No. <laughs> no, not, although right now it's actually not bad if you have to drive, so but I don't want to. What's your favorite travel destination? Italy. Since I went there last year for the first time, it was my first time outside of North America. I fell in love with it, and uh, it was just spectacular. I am half Italian anyway, and then to be in that country with the way it was and the history and, and of course didn't hurt to have the love of my life with me but still it was just an amazing amazing experience oh that's so, so cool so what's your favorite word uh lexicon huh yeah it's a really cool word because i always whenever i hear it it just sounds like something from a superhero thing but at the same time it has such a really cool meaning that you have you know a collection of like a dictionary, you know, collection of words. So I'm like, lexicon sounds so cool. <laughs> so how would you use that in a sentence? A friend of mine always says, my lexicon is quite impressive. That's usually his uh, his go-to. <laughs> so what does that mean then? Like a collection of something? Is that what it means? 
Yeah, it means like a dictionary, a collection of words. Oh, okay. Cool. I learned a new word today. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, I feel like there's always something new to learn, obviously. I haven't watched one of these shows in a while, but when you watch a show like Aaron Sorkin shows, like the West Wing or what have you, Mm -hmm. and they have the different characters will use some words and you're just like, um, I'm sorry, what was that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, totally. What's something you have on your list of things to do in this lifetime that you haven't done yet, but that you still plan to do? The biggest thing in my case is my passport is very bare. So the biggest thing for me is to get to see the rest of the world. My newlywed wife is from Australia, and I'd like to go there. Obviously, a place like New Zealand, Scotland. I always wanted to go to Scotland. You know, Germany. I have a friend who's from Germany. That would be great. It would be very difficult for me to go, but I love doing the Russianics, and so I have to go to Russia and have vodka. So places like that. That's really the big (laughs) thing that I have. Yeah. There you go. Are you reading any good books now? My wife has been kind enough to buy me a bunch of books, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not reading any of them, per se, (laughs) uh, (laughs) which I know she's not. She reminds me of constantly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So they're just like piled up and you're like, yeah, I've got all these books and I'm going to read them. And then it just doesn't happen, huh? Yeah. So what are the pieces of equipment or gear in your home studio that you feel you can't live without? I have a Sennheiser MK4 that I absolutely love. That's the one piece of equipment I don't think I could live without. Yeah, that makes sense. I figured that most people would say the microphone for that question, but you never know. What does a typical day in the life of Eric Aragoni look like? That's a tough one because... I don't know what a typical day is now. Um, I know what a typical day was before the pandemic. Yeah. I can give you two versions. I can give you the one before. The one before was we just got a new puppy, which I'm sure you've seen the pictures of. And so I'm usually the one that ends up uh, getting woken up by her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the start of my day is she wakes me up around 730. Mm -hmm. And then um, I walk her around. And then from there, I usually in the past... Before the pandemic, I would then get ready to go to work because I had a day job and I would usually do a little bit of that. And then once that I'd put in the time, I would come home and usually either do some auditions or do some writing and then cook dinner and uh, relax and watch TV. And then after that, the new version of the pandemic, the way it works is it starts the same way. Dog wakes me up at 730 And then from there, I usually, once I'm done, crawling back into bed and uh, get a little bit longer time sleeping. (laughs) And then once I'm done sleeping, uh, I usually get up, make breakfast, look at my emails and see if there's any auditions. And then uh, if I do have auditions, then I start uh, prepping for those. And if not, then I usually send out some marketing emails And uh, once that's done and I've recorded the auditions or I've done my marketing, then I usually go and um, work out and then cook dinner and relax. And uh, we watch TV and uh, that's it. Sounds good. Sounds like an interesting version of a day either way, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. Are you finding that you're getting a lot more auditions now during this whole thing, or 
Is it about the same as what you got before? Honestly, it's probably about the same. Maybe just a, obviously now everybody's doing remote recording, right. which I was doing before. Mm-hmm. But I got to be honest with you, and I don't know, you may have a different opinion. My wife was lucky enough just before the, uh, it was the week that everything went, hit the fan as far as the pandemic. She was actually going into the studio to record for Random House at their place. Oh, nice. And it was, yeah, and it was great for her because she usually sits here in the booth and, you know, self-directs, has to do the editing or have me help her. And in this case, she just went into the studio and they would direct her and then do the editing and she just had to perform, which was nice for her. And I'm I'm kind of the same ilk. I'm, I mean, I like obviously recording from home because you get the convenience, but I actually am one of those people that if I had a choice, I would go into the studio because it's much more fun to do it. You just worry about performing. You don't have to worry about, okay, let me see. I have to now go back and edit my thing. And, oh, there's some pops and there's some clicks. Oh, wait a minute, I didn't <laughs> like that. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, and there's a dog barking in the background. And there's a fan, you know, all that technical yeah. stuff. You just go in and perform. And I'm one of those people, if I had a choice, uh, I would prefer to do. But, you know, in this day and age with everything the way it's going, it's like, you know, you just do what you can. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. I would say maybe it's slightly less auditions than before, but mm-hmm. it just depends on the day. Sometimes they're better ones than I was getting. Like I've gotten more toy auditions lately than I was getting in the past, but mm-hmm. yeah. there's really no rhyme or reason to what <laughs> what you no. get in a day. No. It's like, oh, no. okay, that's cool. Yeah, or getting I, uh, the same I, one from multiple agents, but it's the same audition from multiple people. So then it's like you have to decide, are you going to mm-hmm. do it for everyone or do you do it for just one of them? It's a very odd time. It is. What do you love about what you do? And is there anything you don't love about what you do? Well, what I love doing is just performing and uh, getting the chance to play. That's what I love doing. The only thing I don't like is if you ever have to deal with a client that really tries to underpay you and becomes difficult about communicating. It really feels like they kind of undervalue you and don't really value what you do. And it kind of, that's the only thing that I get kind of down about. But other than that, they're far and few between. So you just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. I think I've experienced that. A fair amount over my career of people trying to go like, oh, I'll pay you a hundred bucks for this. And you're like, um, no. (laughs) How about no? Yeah, it's just, I'm not going to say, oh, I would never do a voiceover spot for a hundred dollars because it depends on what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like at this point in my career, I think you just have to know what your worth is, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people... This is especially for people that are, you know, just starting out. You have to kind of measure where you are in your experience and where what your time is worth and what your talent is worth and also take into account all of the guidelines that are out there as far as rate guides and things like that. Yeah, it's just it's tough when people try to devalue. They're not willing to pay you for what you're worth. They're like, I'll give you a hundred bucks, you know? And they're like, that's something I should be making like a thousand bucks on. What is the best piece of industry advice you've ever received? Nobody knows nothing in this town. That was the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> because everybody tries to tell you that they know, you know, this, that, but at the end of the day, nobody really knows anything. You just, you know, you have to just kind of take everything that people say to you with a grain of salt. And at the end of the day, you just have to figure out, is this something I'm comfortable doing or do I think that this is something that will enrich my career or enrich me or give me joy? And you have to kind of decide. And, and there are people that you have to really know what they're after because I've had times in my career where you've listened to other people and you don't know that there's other things going on when they tell you certain things. So that's why I always say nobody knows nothing in this town. And at the end of the day, you really got to listen to your heart. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say the worst piece of advice is that you've ever received? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I feel like I've received a lot of bad advice, but I don't know if I could put a label <laughs> on the worst. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know if I could either. I mean, I've had – I've never gotten bad career advice. I just have had some experiences like when I was prepping for an audition that – there were things that I was not privy to that I was being told by certain people that really destroyed my confidence. So when I went into this big audition, I laid a big old goose egg because I was so, I was so shaken by what these people had told me when in fact I should have just trusted in my gut what I knew I could do and just do that. Yeah, no, that makes sense, I think. The confidence thing is a big deal. And I think especially mm -hmm. when you're going into a big audition, it's like you kind of have to find a way to have that confidence level so that mm -hmm. you can go in and just, like, do your best. Give it your best shot. That's all you can do, right? Well, you know, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. It's, you know, go in, have fun, and, you know, lay it all out. Yeah. What have some of your biggest successes been in voice acting so far? Biggest successes? Well, I've uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, uh, appear on two seasons of Shadowverse, which is a video game app, and they've been nice enough and wonderful to deal with, and they keep asking me back. So <laughs> that's good. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll keep going in. I did some dubbing on a Netflix show that uh, I can't talk about yet, mm -hmm. but. Uh, is coming in the near future, um, which I'm excited about. And uh, I've done a few commercials here and there. I think the biggest one was I did a Garnier commercial. So, oh, nice. you know, that's really, I guess, my biggest ones. Have you had any challenges in your voiceover career? And if so, how did you overcome them? Challenges? Well, I think I told you when we did the uh, our video uh, chat a while back that I originally got into voiceover and I kind of quit Besides doing voiceover, I, I love to write. And I found that when I first started, the writing w that I was reading off the page was not great. So I kind of got disillusioned with it. With the encouragement of people who I respect, I was able to get back on the horse, as they say. And now I can't imagine my life without voiceover. So that was the biggest challenge for me was that I kind of fell out of love with it and needed to have encouragement from people who I respected that, hey, this is something you should do. Do it. And that's what I did. I don't think I would have remembered that you told me that 
that happened. So, well, it's been a really long time since we did that other interview. So it has. I'm sure yeah. you're like, what is he talking about? I, <laughs> let me have some more coffee. Come on, people. But, <laughs> Where's my coffee? Is anyone seeing it? <laughs> what are three goals that you have for yourself in your voiceover career to accomplish in 2020? One, I am my. I'm planning on doing my first audiobook. That is my first big goal. Uh, which yeah that should be quite an endeavor for me my, mm-hmm. my wife has been she's uh, i think up to like 16 or 17 books and uh the fact now that i've been editing for a while i kind of got the flow and gist and whatnot of how to do it so i'm mm-hmm. like okay i'm and i've been taking classes uh on audiobook narrating so i'm like okay as a matter of fact the week that the whole thing with the uh, COVID-19 hit, I actually had an offer. But once the COVID-19 hit, the uh, the rights holder kind of went. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, we'll get another shot at that. Yeah, totally. Um, so that's one. Another goal is to uh, get some animation work. Uh, that's, I've never done an animation job before, so I would like to, that's number two on my list. Mm -hmm. The third one is to, uh, get a great LA agent. Oh, cool. So what are your favorite social media platforms and why? Well, I think you know the answer to this. That would be Twitter. Yeah. That's how we met. Yeah. Gosh, it seems like forever ago, doesn't it? Like, it does. It seems it does. like a long time. Like, I don't even know if I would have remembered that I met you on Twitter. I feel like I've just known you for a really long time now. That's weird. <laughs> Not in a bad way. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, it was back on. in the days when you used to do 140 words or less. Now, pff, 280. <laughs> <laughs> what a breeze. I know. Nowadays. I did notice that the other day. I was like, wait, I have more? I can write yeah. more? This is weird. <laughs> I liked it better when you had to, like, figure out what you were going to say. And what did you say? 140 yeah. letters or whatever, characters? Yep. That was when I first started on Twitter. I was mm-hmm. always trying to figure out how am I going to say all the stuff I want to say in a really short amount of words. It was my challenge. When I was first starting, it was just like a friend of mine was telling me you have to thank all your people who follow you. So what I would do is that was like the majority of my time is I would try to thank all these people, but at the same time try to keep it under 440 characters. And it was like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my brain. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who follows me. That's it. A blanket yeah, statement. There you, <laughs> there you go. That's it. Keep it under 140. You're done. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the bar, everybody. We're done here. So. <laughs> no, but, but I do think yeah. that Twitter's great because I found, for me at least, and I mean, you're part of this actually, is that, mm-hmm. you know, we have like this weekly thing where every Friday, shout out to Mike Payne, who does the voiceover. Love you, Mike. Yeah, shout-outs to everybody in our little or big community, but there's a group of us that he always puts in a message on there. And it's really nice that we kind of have that support for each Mm -hmm. other. We know that some people I've met in person and some people I haven't, but it's really nice to have that community on Twitter. And I think what's interesting about that is that there's a lot of people I've met, depending on how old they are, actually, Because the younger generation of people, they're like, I don't use Twitter because it's, like, too time-consuming. What else do you have to do besides 
not post on Instagram and not post on your other social media pages, but have pages and just post once a month. There's just like a different method for everybody. You know, my French students will say like, no, it's too time consuming. What else are you doing? I like one platform. I know there's other platforms out there and, you know, that people use and whatnot, but I'm kind of one of those people that likes to just stick with what I like. And for me, Twitter fits best because I am a writer and I like brevity and I'm one of those people, whatever you have to say, if you can say it uh, simply and proficiently, it's, that's all the better. You don't need to wax on about blah, 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 blah. So you use Twitter. You also use Instagram though, right? Like now, since we forced you to basically. Yep. Pretty much everybody made me come on kicking and screaming. (laughs) So I'm on. (laughs) Yeah. But I will say this. I still feel like Twitter is better for me as a voiceover talent because I see all these casting calls and whatnot on Twitter, which I don't know. Maybe I'm not using Instagram right But I don't see them nearly as much as I do on Twitter. Yeah, I think Twitter, especially now, has a ton of casting. A lot of people are casting on Twitter, not necessarily the big studios, but it just depends. And Instagram, I really like it because of the visual component. It's all about what creative selfie am I going to put on there. It depends (laughs) on what you're using it for, you know? Sure, sure. Most of my pictures are me with, like, a duck face, you know? So, I mean, I don't know (laughs) if that has any value to it besides the fact that I'm just being goofy and showing my personality. But I think it just depends on how you use it. You know, I like Instagram. Mm -hmm. I keep my personal account private, and that's where all my selfies are. And then then my Mid-Atlantic voiceover one, I had a pattern with it for a little while, and then I kind of, like— changed it up and decided there was no pattern anymore. So now it's just like whatever I feel like putting. Mm -hmm. There's not necessarily a rhyme or reason to it. It's usually advertising something for my podcast or for my company or whatever. But I think it can be really useful. I think also, um, you know, in talking about social media, LinkedIn is also really, really a good one if you're going to be on something else. I did take a class. Uh, the Actors Fund had a free class where they were going over what you, a way to enhance your LinkedIn profile and you know whatnot. So I started doing it, um, but I guess I'm really old school because I'm still like I love Twitter and I'm not giving it up. I still <laughs> love Twitter. I'm not one of these people that can do like five or six thousand different social media platforms. It's like I can probably do one, and I do sparingly the other two and it's like that's pretty much it for me so yeah and it makes sense if you really connect with one i think it's good to stick to that you know the other ones are just some people don't want to spend 24 hours a day on social media which is probably a good thing i would be one of those people (laughs) unfortunately i'm not one of those people because i'm on it literally 24 7 but i i try to do less at times Mm-hmm. But because I'm always advertising something, I'm not really ever not doing anything or working on anything. So I've always got something I've got to, like, tell people or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Can you tell us your website and social media handles so that people can contact you if they choose? It's My website is, I think, pretty easy. It's my name, 
ericaragoni.com. And then as far as my social media handle, as I've said earlier, uh, Twitter uh, is my personal favorite. And then that, that it's just at my name, Eric Aragoni. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find the same with my Instagram, although I'll be honest with you, if you go on my Instagram, you're probably only going to see my doggy. So that's probably <laughs> most of the pictures or videos you're going to see there. So I do go on there very occasionally. And I also have a LinkedIn profile, but I'll be honest with you, I don't even know how that handles thing works there. <laughs> so Got it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stick to Twitter and Instagram. Also put that info in the show description so that people will have that. So thanks so much for joining me on Live with Squacky. It's always great to have the chance to chat with you and catch up. And we'll have to grab coffee the next time I'm in LA and things are relatively back to normal, hopefully. Oh, please hurry up and get back to normal. <laughs> I know, right? I wish you tons of <laughs> continued success in your voiceover career and everything you do. And we love you, Val. Live with Squacky is mixed and mastered by everybody's favorite voiceover tech, Uncle Roy Yokelson of Antland Productions. Live with Squacky was recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Wait, what? 